Welcome to the Gimme Golf Podcast, powered by MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com. I'm your host, Meredith Kirk. This is episode number 36, things you need to stay away from that can ruin your Myrtle Beach golf trip. So golfers, beware. Today, we're at the beautiful Litchville Country Club on the south end of Myrtle Beach, and I am overlooking the 18th green. It's so beautiful out here, Nate. What a great place to come out and play. It's being in the office for sure, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to our podcast today because we are going to talk about things you need to stay away from that can ruin your golf trip. Now, we promote at MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com all of this great golf content to help our golf visitors who are coming to Myrtle Beach have a great vacation. So now we are going to give you guys preventative measures before you come to Myrtle Beach. You got to trust us on this. We we have some great topics we're going to discuss. Um, Nate, you're just laughing because I know you know it's coming down the pipe on well, this the, one. These things are all on them to, to do these things. That's right. There's nothing that Myrtle Beach can can do you can do these right you, you can do these well so i'm going to open up the door uh, with you going first i know you have some good ones nate uh, preventative measures for our golfers what do you want to start with? well I, I think and i've said this many times is that you the, the most fun part about the golf golf trip is planning it but don't plan it with and travel with people you don't like right <laughs> That's I see. I used to see that all the time. People come in and either they don't know who they're playing with, and they're just taking a gamble. It's like, oh, this is Bill knows John, and but I don't know him. Mm-hmm. Um, don't tr- travel with people you like, right? <laughs> is, is, does yeah. that make sense? It, it I mean, does. It's like, I mean, that's if common gonna, sense, right? Yeah, right. It is. It's common sense. If you're if you're going to pay money and create a great vacation where you want to relax and uh, rest and enjoy golf and yeah, why team up with people that you may not be compatible with? Because then it's just, that's no fun. And why take a chance? Now, now, you know, you may have a chance that you meet new people, and that's what everyone says. I'm not that kind of person. It's like I want to travel with people I know and people that I enjoy playing golf with. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the flip side of that is if you travel with too many people. So you've got this large group. It's not as fun. It's not as, you know, the memories. I, I just think. It's, if it's more intimate, you know, maybe four, eight people, mm-hmm. there's good memories you're making with friends. Um, Absolutely. I, I, just, I, I agree with that. And also, you know, for me, when I travel, I'm really picky on how I sleep. So when you're sharing yeah. a room with someone, <laughs> you know, I like to go to bed at a certain time. I like it really cold, like 66 degrees. I like it really dark. And if, you know, if I'm if I'm rooming with someone who's, you know, phones vibrating all night or what if they snore. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you have all these variables when it comes to uh, sleeping arrangements. Mm-hmm. That's actually the, the first thing that I think about when I travel is, okay, sleeping arrangements, you know, because I've got to get a good night's sleep. I won't enjoy vacation if I'm not resting well. So definitely know if you're going on a big trip or potentially with people you don't know, that's really risky exactly. when it comes, especially to it sleep. Is. I mean, you don't want to risk sleep. Well, well it, and then you're traveling, and if you're that kind of person that 
you're thinking, okay, am I going to like these people? It's like, what? You, you don't want to worry when you go on vacation. You want to say, okay, I, I play golf with Meredith all the time. We have a good time. Yeah. I'm going on vacation and I'm going to enjoy this. Right. There's no surprises, right? Yeah. And then also think about this, like with like financially too. And if you're, if, especially if you're with a group of people you don't know. So here you are, at, you know, maybe one of the seafood restaurants after you're around enjoying our local seafood. And then it's time, it, it comes time for the tabs. <laughs> Who's paying for what drinks? Who's paying for like, you know, it's this awkward moment of should I pick up my my new buddy's tab, you know, and there's times to do that, obviously. But it, it it's almost like that uncomfortable, like where are the boundaries on the trip? I think when you're going on a trip, having clear cut boundaries with an intimate group, like you said, sometimes is the best way to go because you can say to your buddies that you're close with, all right you know, we're going to have dinner at these restaurants. Um, you know, obviously each of us, we can go Dutch at night, you know, we can have breakfast, you know, in, at the hotel, or if you're, you know, renting a home, you know, so-and-so can do breakfast and we can rotate who does breakfast each morning. That's kind of how I like to, to plan trips is knowing what is the food arrangements because there's nothing worse than going on vacation and then suddenly like okay well what are we doing for lunch what are we doing for breakfast you know I like to plan somewhat not perfectly but at least kind of have an idea of who's taking care of what meals you know going Dutch Mm -hmm. you know or everyone you know putting a pot together you know of money and then dividing it up for food saying everyone you know let's everybody pitch in $40 a day for food let's put it in a pot and then let's divide it up and see what we can do for gotcha. meals and that kind of depends on where you're staying whether you're staying in like a, a home like a beach a exactly. condo or just a hotel room obviously in your hotel room you're probably going out for dinner every night right, right? which is what I'd want to do because I don't want to cook right but like you say there's people that come down they'll get a beachfront condo They'll get up, they'll cook breakfast, they'll maybe plan their meals out, or they'll say, okay, on these nights, Tuesday, Thursday, we're going out to dinner here. So Exactly. Everyone, you're on your own. That way there's clear-cut boundaries because the larger the group... The, you're gonna there's gonna be people you don't know and it's there okay. and, and there could be people that it's are like, somewhat creepy or leechy yeah, like yeah. oh like they're you know here comes the tab and suddenly they're walking out the yeah. door like that's not I gotta gonna go fly to the restroom yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> I gotta go to the restroom I'll see y'all later <laughs> yeah so yeah it's it, you know that's something you control in the front end it's like okay I'm gonna go on vacation I'm gonna go with people that I that I like and people that mm-hmm. I know that's just that's me Right. I'm not saying it's wrong that you travel with people you don't know. Maybe it's a corporate outing that there's people from all over the country that are meeting. That's different. Um, but when you're sharing lodging, like you say, and car rides and golf carts, you're going to be with these people all day. Right. 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 So. Well, let's talk about uh, the, more of the party side to it, because obviously a lot of people come to Myrtle Beach, you know, especially the guys groups, they come down and obviously they're on vacation, having some beers out in the course, you know, the six pack special you can often get yeah. at many of our courses. They're enjoying that special. So um, drinking too much. Let's yeah. talk about and, that. And there's not much to be said about that other than that right mm-hmm. drink too much we know what happens there right <laughs> you, you know you, you you struggle to get up in the morning it's i mean there's not a whole lot to be said but if you <laughs> if you drink a lot chances are you're probably gonna maybe ruin a couple of days of your golf vacation yeah oh and i've seen that happen all the yeah. time i can't yeah. even count and i know it's, you have to yeah. 
as you know, you've been a former head golf professional. You and I both have worked very, you know, multiple jobs here in the golf industry for so many decades. So we have seen it here. There, I can't even count the number of times I know of groups that have gotten so lit up the night before that they can't make their tea time. They lose an entire day of golf. They're in bed. They're sick. They're miserable, and there's always that remorse the next day of, why did I drink that much? Well, what's funny is people don't realize if they get drunk the night before, the first thing they want to do is maybe have a Bloody Mary in the morning when they come to the golf club, right? In Myrtle Beach, you cannot buy liquor at any place before 10 o'clock. So you're going to have to wait till 10 o'clock to get that Bloody Mary. So why do it to yourself, right? right. You can buy beer around the clock. Yeah. But liquor's after 10 o'clock every morning. Right. So, so what, what's, what can you do to prevent that? Well, all right, just slow down a little bit on the drinking. And I would say after maybe your second beverage, um, you know, start rotating with water. Start rotating your alcohol Definitely. with some water. So if you're going to have a drink, have a bottle of water nearby and, you know, just drink more drink more water. And if know. it's warm out, it's, it, if it's warm and you're drinking beer... It, it, it hits you. Yeah. I mean, it hits me. I don't know if people are different, but it's like, wow, I it, can't read that putt. Or it's like, I, it's exactly. Like, ah. Yeah. Go, and golf's hard anyway, right? Right. And of course, always have a designated driver. And hopefully, uh, every group that comes in that's drinking has somebody that's going to be sober for the day. I can actually tell you a time that I was, uh, when I was beveraging a long time ago on a beverage cart, that there was a few times that I would cut people off. Um, just there's no way I would serve alcohol to someone and I wasn't rude about it but I would say to the buddies if if I saw someone truly intoxicated which I have seen out in the course I would just say I'm uncomfortable serving this person I would always ask you know is there somebody going to be driving him home you know if not you know we can call a cab here at the golf course and there's actually times that I've called the pro shop being on a beverage cart um, have contacted the pro shop and said, hey, there's there's a guy out here getting ready to finish. I think they're going to need a cab, you know. And most often, most of the guys will cooperate. Usually they're so drunk, they're laughing about it, and they go in a cab, and then they have to come back to the golf course the next day to pick up the car, which is another pain. Yeah. So it's not worth it. Um, but and, you, and you've forgotten the whole day. I mean, right? If you get drunk, you If you get that drunk, yeah, you're probably blacking out, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So. So uh, just go easy on the alcohol, uh, add some water, make sure you eat food when you're on the course, you know, absorb it a little bit, have a good time, but use precaution on that because it can literally ruin your golf trip. Yeah. I guess some people do it because they don't get out too often, right? Right. Yeah. They're probably just like binging, like, oh, I haven't had it. I haven't drank like this in so long. And then bam, it just hits them. There's times it reminds me some of the, some of the guys that come in that it's like kids going to college. It's like. <laughs> this might have been what I was like when I went to college. Okay. Like, it's like you're, you know, 50, 60 years old. So, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But, you know, then I come ac- I come across so many groups that uh, come here on, and, and they're non-drinking groups. You know, I know a lot of groups that come out, um, you know, different church organizations, different groups that come, and, and, and they're not drinking. They have, they have a great time, so... Um, you don't always have to drink when you come to Myrtle Beach, but if you do, drink wisely, exactly. drink wisely, because it will ruin your trip. Another thing that I don't like is, uh, you know, if I go on vacation and I play golf, I don't want the pressure of performance. I always talk about this. I guess it's because I'm an LPGAT team pro and I've been in golf so long. You been know, there, done that. Been there, done it. I want to play well when, 
when I play with people, I want to play well. This is what I this is what I do, and there's there's always this performance issue that comes up, especially for me. So I could be a little, you know, biased because I'm saying this, but I like to know what's going to be the format, and it has to be fun. Like if I go on vacation, if it's just intense you know, no flexibility. Yes, we're keeping score and, and, and it's going to be super competitive. I actually don't like that because then I have to get into, for me, it's my competitive performance mode where I'm really focused. I'm, I'm truly thinking about every single shot. There is the golf that I like to play on vacation, which is more mindless. Um, not that I'm not going through my pre-shot routine, not that I don't care about the shot, but it's, it's less effort. You know, there's sometimes I just don't want to I don't want to think about my swing. I don't want to think about, okay, I've got to go through my pre-shot routine, boom, boom, knock every single point out. I just want to get up sometimes, you know, and have a very brief, short pre-shot routine and just go have fun and play with some music on, (laughs) you know, some music playing and just kind of a very low-key environment. And if you're with people, and I have been on, I have been on trips like this, um, where people are just so like, yeah, we're keeping score. It's it's like, I mean, it's so intense. I'm like, I'm, I just want to enjoy this new course that I'm playing, or I just want to enjoy being out here. So, you know, you've got to play, it, you know, you've got to know what type of games that you're playing. You know, maybe on the first day of vacation, you can just have a relaxed round where, you know, if you want to keep score, great. If you don't, you don't. You're just with a group of people. Everybody can do their own thing. And then maybe on the second day, it's like, all right, let's have a little game here. Add some skins. Okay, we'll, we'll do that on the second day. But whatever whatever you, method, however you want to play, whatever game you want to play, it's got to be fun. Because if it's not fun, if it's performance, I'd rather go shopping. I'd rather go shopping on vacation yeah, at I, that point. I, I agree. Just, just play and have a good time. It's funny because a lot of big groups have that one person who keeps track of all the games, oh, and it's like what a job they're doing the work. I mean, they're, they're doing the pairings. They're doing um, okay. There we're playing greenies here, yes. and he's got comes in with this big briefcase of, of all everything written down. Yeah, and yeah I've seen that too. Bill, you lost thirty two dollars yesterday. You throw in the pot. You know, uh, probably these large groups. I would I, let's just take a group of eight. Probably there's at least three people in that group that really don't want to play those games. <laughs> I would probably be one of them. <laughs> I mean, there's, there may be half the group that they're here to gamble. It's like fun. Let's right. let's let's do this. And then there's the other guys. It's like they're like what you say. They're getting up and they're saying, "Oh my gosh, this is for you know, this putt could be for forty dollars yeah. or thirty. Yeah. So it, it it's funny to see the different dynamics of the groups mm-hmm. that come in. Right. It's, it's like you could do a case study on right you know and when you're out on vacation playing different courses I like to talk like I like to I I use golf to socialize so whoever I'm playing with I'm not just talking about golf talking about life whatever's going on live what you know what's going you know there's like it's just it's hanging out on the golf course and and that gets back to playing with people you like to play with right exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. I'm not not saying people are going to say oh he's a grump but it's like it's okay to meet new people. I, I agree with that. But you're going on a golf vacation, right? Right. So, have you ever seen those large? Or I know you probably have. The large groups come in, and then, like you said, there's that one guy who does, he he does all the organizing when it comes to the games. But then there's the guy that also does like the pairings. Could you imagine? And then you oh. know, in the group, there's always that those few people you don't want to be paired with, <laughs> but somebody else has control of the pairings. Yeah. And the whole time on your vacation, which you're paying for to relax, you're going. I hope I don't 
get paired up with this person again I, you know yeah. I, they talk too much or they do this <laughs> when they're playing golf it annoys me i you know who's in control of that he gets you're drunk. left in the wind on this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's exact. I mean, it just gets back to that, right? Right. So, it yeah. does. You're you're totally right. So you nailed it, yeah. Nate. You have to enjoy who you're playing with. Know who you're going with. Yeah. Know your sleeping arrangements. Know your food arrangements. Just have a general idea. It doesn't have to be perfect, but just like a little, uh, you know, skeleton of of what your trip's going to look like. So, so, but but you know, here's the other point. <laughs> here's something else to think about. So, you think you know these people, right? So you may only play golf with them once a week. You got to make sure you like them because you're going to be with them morning, noon, and night Mm -hmm. for five days. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So that's, it's different, different than just playing a four hour round. So make sure you like the guy you're, or gal you're coming with. Right. It's like, because you're with them in the car, you're everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Just gets back to that. I know I've said that, but that just means a lot. Right. So, so let's talk about geography and, and logistics of the golf trip. And, and we've got to say, too, that a lot of – we've got – Chris King wrote a, a content piece that's on MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com. It's three ways to ruin a Myrtle Beach golf trip that is really good. And, we, and I think I agreed with all three of them. I think they mm-hmm. were on my list. Um, but, yeah, I'm sorry. We get to geography. Yeah, yeah. big. That's, that's huge. I mean, it's, it's all about – logistics where what part of the beach you want to be on i mean you we're looking at the grand strand is 65 miles down the coastline that's a lot of driving it's a lot of up and down so you know i always tell people when you're coming to myrtle beach you have to remember that if you're looking at the map of myrtle beach you you know you have north myrtle beach and then you have myrtle beach and then you have the south end of myrtle beach which goes into uh, Merle's Inlet, which what you'll find TPC Myrtle Beach, and then it goes into North Litchfield and Polly's Island, all within you know 15 miles of each other. But if you're staying in Myrtle Beach and you want to play some of those South End courses, you need to plan. You need to know what time to get up, how long it's going to take you to get there. It, the driving is not unreasonable, but you have to be prepared. So, yes, we have over 90 courses in Myrtle Beach, but they're all spread out within that 65 miles. So definitely map out what you want. Now, if you want a taste of every, you know, the north, the central, and the south end, you could, that's totally feasible, especially in like a five-day golf trip. You can do that. Like, let's say you want to go play uh, Long Bay. That's on the northern side of Myrtle Beach. That's going to be a little bit of a drive for Myrtle Beach, which is a great Nicholas design, by the way. Recommend playing that course. But, you know, you can go out there one day, spend the afternoon out there in that area, and then come back to Myrtle Beach. And then you can play, you know, some central courses and then maybe catch one south end course. Or or you can just primarily hang out in Myrtle Beach and just play those courses. Or, you know, there's so many ways to create a trip, but you just you have to know the logistics. And, again, after you play, know where you're going to eat. Have a general idea. Because if you're on the south end, I mean, you've got to go down to the Marsh Walk in Merle's Inlet. It's a no-brainer. You have to experience that. We have such great seafood. I mean, Merle's Inlet is the seafood capital of South Carolina. You, you don't want to miss out on that. Yeah. You'll have a great time. And, and, you know, if you're in Myrtle Beach, there's so many places, you know, restaurant-wise that I would recommend. And the same for North Myrtle Beach. So, you know, each section of Myrtle Beach gives you different things and just get out a map and, and plan accordingly. Don't just think that all these courses are literally two miles apart. Um, they're not far. And again, it's mm-hmm. reasonable driving distance, 
but you know you don't want to be late for tea times yeah. and whatnot with a with a group of people that could be stressful especially if they're like for example you Nate you get up really early you're going to be on it you're going to be that guy that's ready to go that's going to arrive early but not everyone is a you know an early riser like you would be so you could have some guy that's like his alarm's going off and he literally has to get a shower and everything within 10 minutes. Uh, it drive me nuts. Yeah, it would drive you nuts. And yeah. then you have to wait on them to get in the car to go to the course. So just remember, again, yeah. it comes back down to what you said earlier, your group, so, logistics. So, so I think you need to decide, first of all, if you're driving here, you probably, when you get here, you don't want to drive much, right? Because you've probably driven 10, 12 hours, whatever. Um, if you flew here, you may stay in the central center Myrtle, Myrtle Beach. You've rented mm-hmm. a car, and maybe you don't mind the extra drive. You maybe drive down to Litchfield, or then you'll drive up to um, Long Bay. Um, the faux pas of this is scheduling a eight o'clock tea time at Litchfield Country Club, and then scheduling an afternoon tea time at one thirty at Long Bay. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to work. No, no way. You, you've got to know, and a good golf director, um, the the guys and gals at Myrtle Beach Golf Trips will tell you that that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're looking for 36 holes, you got to have to play somewhere that's fairly close, right? Right. So um, so the faux pas is, I think, the geography is trying to cram all kinds of things into one day, and you do have the driving time that you forget about. Exactly. So. Yeah, you have to keep that in mind. And that's, that's the great thing about Myrtle Beach golf trips is – you know they offer the the free quick quote and that's awesome because you can literally just call them it doesn't cost you anything and you could say hey you know we want to come for let's say a five-day golf trip you know we have let's say these eight courses in mind you know how do we work that out logistically bam you have someone doing it for you it doesn't cost anything and you can say maybe we want to play 36 holes that day we'll stay on the south end we'll play right. we'll play river club in the morning and then play wilbrook in the afternoon boom we're down on the south end right hit the marsh walk yeah. on, the, on the way back to our hotel in myrtle beach right um but you have people that logistically work it out know the for area. you and that's why i'm such a big advocate of it i tell people all the time you know i have people reach out to me hey meredith planning a golf trip i mean literally on a weekly basis i get dms i get emails and i i'm saying look you know this is what i would suggest but that's at here at myrtlebeachgolftrips.com we have the best golf directors that live in the area that know the area and they play golf and they actually play golf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not getting you know somebody from a different country that doesn't know the exact area. So that's the cool thing about. So, so I'll add on something you said about the the alarm clock. Like mm-hmm. I'm an early person. Yeah, guys. And when I say early, yeah. Nate's like Nate's like four a.m. early. Well, I am early. I I don't generally like to play in the morning because the do I'd rather just I'd rather play in the afternoon. Right. And, and basically in the summertime, I think it's I think it's not as hot in this in the afternoon because there's no dew and there's no humidity Mm -hmm. but one way to ruin your trip is let's say you're an afternoon player and you've got all these morning tea times and you're not an early riser that's not fun right Mm -hmm. because you're forcing yourself to get up Mm -hmm. at a time that you don't want to be up people like i know some people like to get up take their time drink their coffee you know read the newspaper, watch TV, and then maybe they like that 12.30 tea time. Right. So again, and that gets back to knowing the people you're playing with. It's like, okay, I don't like morning times, so right. we'll play afternoon. Yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's what I would do. Like when I go on vacation, one aspect for me being on vacation is sleeping in. Now, 
sleeping in, what is my definition of sleeping in? My definition of sleeping in is like 8, 8.30. So, I mean, when I say sleeping in, that's, you know, a lot of people would say 10 o'clock sleeping in. But for me, I mean, I can get, I get up on average during a normal day between 6.30 and 7 is about my waking time. So on vacation, 8 to 8.30, ooh, I'm loving that, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and why I say if you sleep till 8.30 in Myrtle Beach, most courses, um, it'll be explained to you if it hasn't, but most courses double T. And they'll start at 7.30, mm-hmm. 7.45, and they'll go to 9.45. And you'll say, well, why can't I get a 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock tea time? Yeah. Course is full. <laughs> Those are limited. Those are just a few courses do what's called a single T mm-hmm. um, off the top of my head, like uh, Wild Wing, um, Arrowhead Country Club has three nines. Mm-hmm. There are courses that um, have those 10, 11 o'clock times. But if you're if you're a person that's an 830 riser, yeah. chances are you're not going to play before 12 o'clock. Right. And the great thing, right. I mean, if you like to sleep in, nothing wrong with that. You can have a nice meal at your hotel, relax, get up at a slower pace. Go to pace. the beach, go in. You could totally hit the beach. Yeah. I mean, and then go play golf in the afternoon. Then you're out and, you know, going to a restaurant or enjoying some nightlife or doing some later shopping. I mean, there's... You know, I mean, either way, whether you're a morning or an afternoon golfer, you can't go wrong. But like you said, know what you want. Yeah. And maybe you're on a golf trip where you can have options. You know, you can have the morning the morning guys that like to go out in the morning, and then you can have your afternoon group. But just, you know, know what you want with your golf trip, and you're going to have the best time by doing that. Proper exactly. proper planning, really. It, exactly. it really comes down to proper planning. Um, even if it doesn't have to be perfect and you don't have to have every single gap of time yeah. filled, but just have like a template, a little skeleton of what your trip looks like, expectations, boundaries. Exactly. Don't do things that you don't want to do. You're on vacation. Exactly. Right. right. And don't have last the, very yeah. long and we don't get many of them. So it's like, <laughs> right. do what you want to do the way you want to do it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and play you might you even play. and you might you even want to have like a free day. Like you don't have to. You know, there might be a day that you want to leave free of. This might be a day that I need to have a break from golf, a fun day where you can go to Brook Green Gardens or um, one of the state parks, or you know, do. Heck, something. you can go to Top Golf. Yeah, you can right? go to Top Golf. You know, there's there's lots you can do. Give yourself, you know, a day on your trip just to just to rest, just to have a beach day. Now, if that day comes and suddenly you're like, you know what, I just I want to be on the golf course. Well, that's cool. Then ask around to say, you know, ask different people. When I'm on vacation, one thing I love about being on vacation is I love talking to the local people in the area that I'm on vacation because there's always things you could Google. to your heart's content, but until you're actually in the place and you're talking to local people, there's always something cool to experience. And that's, you know, that's spontaneous. That little little inside Inside knowledge. knowledge. So keep a day open for more spontaneous things to happen. I think that makes the vacation so much fun. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, And getting back to logistics, like if you're flying in and your flight gets in at, let's say, 11 o'clock, know what golf courses are located around the airport. <clears throat> We've got an article on Myrtle Beach Golf Trips. It'll tell you the courses that are within a five-mile radius, so you can go right from the airport mm-hmm. to make your tee time. So exactly. getting back to geography, that's uh, that's so important. It really is. All right, so to, to wrap this podcast up, let's do this. I'm going to ask you if you had your ideal three-day group golf trip, what does that look like? Who, you know, how many people would be in your group? What would you do? 
Wow, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick golf courses. Now, I'm going to say four. Mm-hmm. I'm just just four just, courses. Just, I'm just going to say four people. Oh, four people. Okay, that's it. Okay, three people I want to play golf with, right? Because uh-huh. I want to have a good time, right? So I'm definitely playing. Going to play TPC. Mm-hmm. I'm a South End person. Me too. I think we both are because yeah, we, we live we down here. Yeah. There's so many great <laughs> courses up there too that I deprive myself of because right. it's like ah, I don't want to drive up there. <laughs> No, a South End people get lazy. But I'm staying on the here. South End. I'm going to the Marsh Walk. Yeah. I'm doing. I'm gonna play TPC, True Blue, River Club, and Wilbrook. That's where I'm gonna play because I, I they're close to get to. Mm-hmm. They're the traffic. I know how to navigate. maneuver, navigate, mm-hmm. so I'm not having to wait on traffic. Uh-huh. I know the restaurants and. I'm, I, I'm disappointed in myself because I need to venture other places, but right. I would be content just doing that. Oh my gosh, it's so funny because for me, it would be literally almost exactly the same. It would only be four people because let's say hypothetically you're staying in a hotel, you know, out of the three other people, there's going to be one person that I'll be compatible with sleeping, sleeping arrangement wise. So again, like sleeping's huge for me. It's like the before food, I think about sleep. So that would work out really well. And it's very intimate. And if you're picking three people, you know, you're going to get along with them. So, you know, the more, you know, the more people you bring, eh, adds more variables. But again, it's intimate with four. I would play Polly's Plantation. I kind of knew that was. I would play Caledonia, and I would play TPC Myrtle Beach. I would do just three days, so those would be the three courses that I would pick. Just like you, I would do the. See, that's the other thing is like three days or three days of golf in a row is a lot for some people. I mean, it's like, do you think about what you do at home? Do you play three or four or five days in a row? It's like. You know, that's a it's a lot of golf. Yeah. I mean, and but you're, when you're making vacation plans, your eyes are they always well. Your eyes are bigger than your stomach, right? Like exactly. You, so yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, the marsh walk. I would do that. I would actually have a day in between the three rounds to do Brook Green, and I actually would suggest. And I, I've never said this. I've never said this on a podcast, or I don't think I've ever mentioned this with anything with Myrtle Beach Golf Trips. Dot com. But I would venture down to Georgetown one evening and and have dinner on the waterfront down there. What they've done down in Georgetown, I think, is amazing. And Georgetown is a hidden gem. And so what you could do is actually play Founders. Play the Founders. Play Founders because that's going to be the golf course that's closest to Georgetown. It's probably, what, about a 12-minute, 12 to 15-minute drive? It's not too far. It's 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 our southernmost golf course yeah. founders club so that's actually to me would be something really fun to do uh, we need to start thinking about maybe yeah. mentioning a golf package to where you can visit um Polly's and founders and Polly's founders go Litchfield. down to georgetown yeah. see the marina it's beautiful down there great seafood again and then drive you know right back up but that's probably that would be i forgot about trip. the other thing i've got to have my own room are you serious? Yeah, no, I'm not. You wouldn't I'm not share? With, no. So you wouldn't, but you know how much money that saves, though, by yeah, sharing a room. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so know, you pay vacation, an extra yeah. 150 bucks to have your own room? No doubt. Okay. No doubt. See, I don't mind sharing a room, but it has to be someone compatible. No. No, you wouldn't share. Okay. No. Yeah. I, I like the people I play golf with, but... You don't want to sleep with them. Exactly. I've yeah. been with them all day. It's like, yeah, I'm in my own room. You have to have 
like a time to decompress. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that that works and, too. And, I mean, yeah. ultimately, I think I would prefer that as well. But I'm just looking at okay, sharing a room, you save money, but. I don't take many vacations. I'm going to pony up the extra money. To do that. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, okay. Well, I hope that this podcast, here here we are, y'all yawing uh, about how we would uh, navigate our Myrtle Beach golf trip. Uh, I hope all of this has helped you. And uh, my biggest suggestion would be this. Call our golf directors at MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com. They can help you logistically with your golf trip, answer any questions that you have. Um, I hope that we have given you some preventative measures for your next Myrtle Beach golf trip so that it's not ruined because we want you to have a good time. So, Nate, uh, thanks for all your input. It's always fun doing a podcast with you. And and until next time, uh, keep hitting them straight.